episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. It is Thursday, November 17th. We're just a few short days away from the upcoming bout and rematch with the New England Patriots. We'll talk all about that as well, too. Since we didn't have a game to recap from this past uh, weekend, we will instead be doing some midseason player awards for the New York Jets this year. Teddy and I have some picks we'll go on through. And of course, we'll get into all of the stuff with the Patriots shortly after. Before we get into all of that, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing69. Same with the YouTube page. Teddy is at Teddy Huncho. I am at Spring Blake with four A's. I'm sorry I'm making that difficult for you. The one, two, and three were all taken. Uh, Teddy, <laughs> chilling up in Syracuse, hanging out. How was your bye week? We, we didn't even get to, we didn't talk too much. How was your bye week? How did you enjoy your bye week? You know, I, I've never been a big fan of bye week. I, I, I just like when I get to watch the Jets on the weekend. Um, but it was cool. I mean, in past years, I, I would be kind of like, oh, I just kind of get to relax and I don't have to worry about watching like this terrible team (laughs) this year. You know, that's not how it felt. So I missed it a lot. Um, but it was a good week. Went to Cortica, had a blast down in New York, Cortland lost to Ithaca in Yankee stadium. I was going to say, did they get pummeled in that? I saw a tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Guy was throwing our quarterback through a bunch of picks basically, which kind of ruined like, you know. You can't win when you do that. So nope. but it was a lot of fun. Great time. Kind of had um, a uh, kind of had a Zach Wilson performance against New England a few weeks ago. If yeah, we're to yeah, make yeah. a comparison. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't like to think about that. But uh no, it was good. And I what was the other thing I was gonna say? Something about the Jets. I can't remember. I'm I'm all over the place today, my man. What was I gonna say? Probably something hilarious, if I had to guess. Yeah, funny. Blanking. <laughs> just, blanking. just a total blank on where I'm you're I'm waiting for you to save me here. Okay, thanks, Teddy. I'm glad to hear your bye week was great, <laughs> and you enjoyed your trip to New York City watching SUNY Cortland get pummeled by uh, the Ithaca Bombers. Oh, this, this is what I was going to say. Here we go, we bye go. week talk. So the thing, it, it works out with this, with this podcast. See, this is just, this is kind of what you get with me, you know? Yeah. Um, it works out with this podcast though, because for a long, for, it feels like the past like three or four years, the Jets have had bye week like week five or like week six. Mm-hmm. And so it just like gets out of the way real quick. We'll be like one and three or oh and four or something. And then quick bye week. And then it's like, you just have the rest of the year. So number one, I like that it was later in the season just because it's nice to get a later bye week, especially when we're six and three, but it also works out well because it it is, you know, as close as we can get to the midway point with this new 17 game uh, or 17 week, 18 week schedule, 17 game schedule. So, so yeah, it works out for us. Um, And it's like a nice change of pace compared to the last few Jets years. Yeah, that is nice. I always the the late buys are definitely the ones where you're like, okay, if we're a legit team, having that first bye week, week five or six, you're just like, fuck. Now we got to yeah. run the gauntlet and go straight into the playoffs. Like, sure, if you can afford yourself that first round buy, but that only goes to one team right now. So, um, that definitely is a good spot to be. And I don't know if the Colts have had their bye week yet. I I kind of tapped out on the Colts. I I wanted the tank, and then Jeff Saturday came into my life, and now I kind of want us to just missed the playoffs for some reason it's just a fun story but <laughs> just to see what happens just a, an absolute roller coaster but regardless glad to hear you had a good 
uh, bye week. The Jets seem well rested and ready to head into this rematch with the Patriots. Yeah, and it's been fun. Uh, it was it's like a good good win to come to go into the bye week with right? uh, with the Bills, you know, and then them losing again. Going into the Bills game, I was very like because I you know we got a lot of Bills fan friends, and I was like I'm not gonna say anything like because it'll just be awesome if we can win. We did win. And now like, I'll just drop things, you know, like a little, like, Oh, I forgot the bills stink or, you know, <laughs> the jets are actually better than the bills or things like that, you know, yeah. and it's been a good two weeks to doing that. So, so yeah, but I'm ready. This we got a big game coming up. I'm excited to get into that. And, and, you know, I'm excited to kind of just talk about our awards and the way we're going to be doing that. I know. Yeah. If we had done, imagine if this season had gone the way I think most had predicted it and we were going to sit here and be doing like a mid season MVP, like, or, or like an awards yeah, list for the hard. team, it would, it be, would be hard, hard to hard. come up with something for like a two and seven type team, but sitting here at six and three, there's a lot that we can recognize for the jets. And that's what we're going to do with this next segment. We've got a couple individual awards that we're going to go through uh, the jets, most valuable person, the Jets coach of the year. We are going to do an offensive and defensive player of the year um, and then offensive and defensive rookie of the year. We do have a stipulation. We are not going uh -oh. to pick the same player twice, uh, meaning that, uh, for example, Sauce Gardner, fantastic player. He cannot be defensive player of the year and our defensive rookie of the year pick. Now, he could be my defensive player of the year pick and Teddy's defensive rookie of the year pick, but I can't pick him for both of those awards because we want to be able oh, to give. okay. Did, okay. did we not get that same? I did not know that. Sorry, I, I thought... should have explained that better. <laughs> I thought once a player was gone, he's off the board. But oh, he's just off the board for you. For you, yes. Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. Okay, okay. Do you need to change no, no, any no, picks real works. quick? You're good. No, I, I, we'll, we'll draft them as we go. Okay, perfect. So yeah, that's the stipulation. I think we can each, you know, talk. I, we're gonna have the same guys on this list probably, um, but there's a few in here that I think we can differentiate a little bit for. Um, Teddy, for sure. do you want to work? We've got this list here. Do you want to work from the bottom up or do we want to work from the top down the way we have it? I think top down is the way to go. Perfect. Um, so we are going to start off with the Jets most valuable person. Uh, I'm going to start off with this one, Teddy. I changed it to most valuable person. Yeah, I was just going to ask, not a player. player. Not a player here. My most valuable person for the New York Jets this year is none other than general manager Joe Douglas. Um, the Great pick. The speed in which this franchise has taken its turn um, from where they were last year, from where they were in, in, in Joe Douglas's first season with the New York Jets to see how empty and um, desperate of a franchise they were at. Uh, terrible offensive line, one of the worst defenses in football, lacking skill players at both running back and wide receiver. We can talk about the fact that, you know, it's it's a quarterback league and you need to have quarterbacks. It's that that storyline isn't as much the same this year when you got guys like Tua, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith getting the job done for their respective teams. Um, and you could argue, OK, quarterback maybe isn't the one position that we feel super confident about with this Jets franchise. But you look at every position group on this roster. And it, it you compare it to two years before, I don't know if there's one spot where you're going to say they didn't make an upgrade. Um, and, and that even goes from the play of Sam Darnold to Zach Wilson. If we're just comparing that position too, I still think what we get the, the, the level-headedness sometimes of Zach Wilson, I say sometimes because he does have those games out there where it's not level-headedness, um, is at least a slight bit of an upgrade 
Um, and I believe the arm talent is as well, too. So when you take a look through the entire roster, through the coaching staff, it's not just the fact that we're going to mention some of these players and coaches specifically later on. So I don't want to go into them just yet. But this franchise has quickly, quickly turned itself into a legit one after being a laughing stock for a few years. You know, that McCagnan Gase era is laughable when you look at it and how quickly they were able to turn things around. He doesn't miss on trades. He handles players, you know, that are dealing with frustration of their roles in the offense. He doesn't bend to the players' desires. He gets the job done. He wins trades. He signs good contracts. There's really not a lot that I can say uh, through these first few years that Joe Douglas has done poorly. Um, he is my most valuable person this season for the Jets. Yeah, I love it. And, and I think all the all the credit really goes, like, it not goes to him, but starts with him. Mm -hmm. um, for all the reasons you just said. And I think it's what I love about this season, you know, there's plenty of stuff, but, but from a Joe Douglas perspective, so many people, you know, we could all see he was making smart deals and we could all see he was drafting players that, you know, seemed like they were going to be really good. And he was signing players that seemed like they had potentials and, you know, he doesn't overpay for people and things like that. But, because this is such a results oriented type of league, you know, people still kind of had that hesitation to really give him his flowers and really say, I think we found the guy, you know, because we hadn't seen the results. So it, I think, you know, getting to see this season kind of happen a year earlier than a lot of people thought, you know, people thought the jets would take a step this year, but it would be really next year where they were able to kind of push and be a contender. I think that, um, you know, it's just an indictment on how great he's been. And I also think that going into the season, a lot of people believe, you know, it's like, oh, Joe Douglas is tied to Zach Wilson, really, and his success. Sure, that kind of, it, you know, makes sense, but it's really not true. And he's shown with his ability to build the team around the quarterback that that's not what it's all about. You know, it's not about just getting lucky and getting the quarterback. So definitely like the pick, definitely deserving. Um I think Joe Douglas is the go. I thought it before. I'm going to continue to think it. We got a good one. A great hire. Having a having yeah. a competent GM is is just one of the pillars, especially because everybody's lived through, or most franchises have lived through shitty GMs. And and I look back to the Grigson era. We bring in Ballard, and obviously the Colts have had an up and down one. But I'll take Ballard finding a guy like you know Darius Leonard in the second round, or you know Paris uh, Campbell in the third. You know these guys that kind of just pop up onto the screen Bobby Okariki this year I'll rather take the guy that can actually prove that he can invest in guys Colts and bring talk. Him in. I love it Colts talk here <laughs> I, I have to sneak him in a little bit but just the comparison of the fact that when you have a good GM it seems like okay at the very least we're going to be able to bring in guys that are um valuable and, and and assets and we're not just going to be wasting picks and wasting money and and yeah. that's where the jets are at right now you know and, and it's 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 cool in, in previous eras to be like wow we just paid a lot of money to levy on bell and now we've got levy on bell as our running back that's cool doesn't always work out that well so it's nice Definitely to see not. the way that he has built this team and and he's been fantastic uh these first few years especially this season seeing it all come together um so teddy to flip that over to you your yeah. most most valuable person my most valuable person will be, you know, one of Joe Douglas's better decisions. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and give that to Robert Sala, the, the head coach of this young Jets team. Um, Robert Sala has been killing it. I mean, he really has. And I think the reason that um, 
there's a couple reasons why I kind of lean toward the coaching with this award for most valuable person of this team. Um, and, and I think mainly on both sides of the ball, week after week, the game plan that this Jets team has been executing, it, it just seems like so well thought out, so well put together and, you know, based on the opponent that we're going against. Obviously, you know, we want to win every game, defense, run the ball well, sure. But the, the way that we do that and the way we approach the game has changed depending on the defenses that we're playing and depending on the offenses that we're playing. Um, and I really do. I, I think that starts with coaching. I think the way that they, you know, not only come in with knowing what they want to do, but also their, their ability to adjust. And, and, you know, this is the coaching staff from the top down. This is Robert Sala. This is Michael Fleur. This is Jeff Ulbrich. And I think that starts at the top is just their ability to, Oh, they're kind of gashing us. Josh Allen's running all over on us, you know, like they, the bills have one of the best freaking passing defense or passing offenses in the league, but somehow, you know, we're able to put down a game plan together where, you know, we're not letting the bills throw deep on us. They're not getting open. And, and, Oh, they, they kind of were getting it done in the first half. Well, let's flip the script to the second half. We're going to change a couple of things around. That's not getting done anymore, you know? So so just this, this team's ability and this coaching staff's ability to kind of, you know, come up with a game plan and do things correctly. I think that that is just a huge indictment on this guy. And, you know, similar to what I said about Joe Douglas, you could see that Robert Sala is the type of coach who cares about his players, seems like he knows what he's doing, seems like he's not, you know, brash and makes crazy decisions in the moment, but we kind of had to wait and see because it's a results type type thing. And if he's not getting wins and it's not good enough, right. what has this Jets team shown, you know, despite all the adversity they've faced, it has been good enough. And I think that's the second point I want to make about this Jets team is time after time, we've seemingly had these injuries that, that feel like they're going to hurt, you know, Zach Wilson's out the first three games, Brees Hall goes down, AVT goes down. Um, the offensive line, you know, is literally a rotating door of just players coming in and out, changing positions. And through all of that, you know, especially weeks four on, this Jets team has just continued to push and push ahead and succeed. And the offensive line looks great, you know, and, and really feels to be getting their stride despite all the changes. And Zach Wilson's improving and all these different little things where – despite whatever adversity has come so far, we just continue to kind of prove people wrong and continue to kind of have that next man up mentality that's actually working. And again, I think that starts with the coaching. So that is my pick. That's a fantastic pick. The amount of times that this team could have look at, looked at what was given to them, you know, the injuries to the offensive line, the quarterback, Corey Davis, Elijah Vera Tucker and Brees Hall going down at the same time. All of those are excuses to just say, look, we, we got a bunch of guys banged up. We tried our best. We were off to a hot start, but we can't keep up with that. But you're right. The ability to respond week in and week out and make adjustments to this team and how they're going to operate. Um, he, he's, he's a fantastic coach. And it's funny. I wanted to look back at some of the, um, the hires from that uh, same offseason that Sala was brought in. And right now, if I'm keeping track, Robert Sala is one of one, two, three, uh, actually, so five of those guys still have their jobs. There have only been two that have been fired, and that's Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, who lasted yep. half of a season. Uh, David Culley was fired after his first season with the Texans. 
that was a weird one. They just ended up promoting their defensive coordinator. But if you go through the rest of the list, um, you know, Detroit hired Dan Campbell. There was a time where Robert Sala was considering the Detroit job. He grew up just outside of Lions Stadium. There was a lot of hometown connections there. Um, they instead go with Dan Campbell. I'd rather have Robert Sala than Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, cool dude. But right now what you're saying is we're starting to see the results in New York. We've yet to really see the results in Detroit, albeit a two-game win streak over Chicago and uh, Green Bay. They did they did beat Green Bay there. Uh, Brandon Staley, hired by the Los Angeles Chargers. That's one that just like we thought was going to be an upgrade from Anthony Lynn. And the defense yeah. is talented. They're, they're injured, though. And offensively, you know, I know he's not an offensive-minded coach, but it, it still is the same frustrations that you had when Anthony Lynn was the head coach there. So I'd rather have solid than Brandon Staley. Um, Arthur Smith, really intelligent guy. If I'm talking about guys that I want my, in my locker room, leading my team, he's a little bit on the clunky weird side. Um, so I'd rather have Robert Sala there as well too. And I believe that is the entire list. Oh, Matt Eberflus. So he was this past season. So Matt oh. Eberflus was hired this past season. Uh, the guy oh, that well, I was we, leaving. We out. interviewed him. We that's oh I'm at that time you interviewed yeah, him for that we job. Interviewed that's crazy. Him. Um, but the, I, the I one, like Eberflus, but. The one guy that we, uh, the one guy that I didn't mention was Nick Sirianni, who of course is leading the eight and one Philadelphia Eagles to a fantastic season. Shout out to uh, Matthew May. Um, yeah. So yeah, Teddy, I mean, looking through all those hires, Robert Sala, it was a great get. Um, and he's one of those guys, like you said, everybody just loves to play for him and he cares about his team. He cares about his players. Um, he handles situations. I was talking about, you know, Douglas handling players, contract demands or trade requests. Robert Sala has to go in there day to day and look them in the face and discuss their roles on the team. And he's handled that uh, very yeah. well, professional, um, focused on the team. And uh, and I love the pick as most valuable person. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm really hoping this becomes, you know, that next generation of of these coaches, you know, Bill Belichick and Mike Tomlin and Jim Har John Harbaugh and or Jim Harbaugh, excuse me, all these guys who've like been around and been around and John. been around. John Harbaugh, God damn it, still um, on the bye week, <laughs> right? But but it, I mean, it, it just seems to be going in that direction. Like this guy seems to know what he's doing. It seems like we have good players. You know, we develop the talent, all that. So I, you know, at least to this point through two years, it feels like we nailed the hire. Um, I got a lot of love for that man for sure. Yeah, good dude. Yeah, Teddy, Let's... I'm gonna. What were you saying? No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was I was gonna flip it on to our next one, which is kind of. Yep. I'm gonna make you pick somebody that isn't Robert Sala uh, for Jets Coach of the Year. Would you like me to go first, or would you like to take it away here? You can you can continue to go first. That's all okay. Right. Perfect. I am gonna go, and we are allowed to go with the same play, same people. So no fret if you want to go where I'm going, but I'm gonna go with defensive coordinator Jeff Albrick. Um, and this selection is is kind of one of those ones where you're like, how did we get to this point? It, it, you know, week ten or week eleven of the season. It's like, how did we get here? Because the story leading up through the preseason was if this defense starts off slow and, and we're five weeks in and the defense is as bad as it was last year, um, the scapegoat is going to be Jeff Albrick. Um, and it didn't start off great. Baltimore poured it on in that first week. Uh, Cleveland still put up a ton of points in week two and Cincinnati in week three. But the complete change that we've seen in this defensive unit from that point on has been absolutely outstanding. Um, I've got some notes here. Um, this unit 
has turned from a bottom five last year into a top five, and they are on pace to be the first team in the Super Bowl era. You have to go before Super Bowls into the mid-50s when this happened, that a defense has gone from, uh, let me see, the la- has it's the first time in Super Bowl history that a defense has ranked top 10 in both scoring and total defense after ranking last the season before. So they were the worst defense in scoring and total defense in 2021 they're on pace to be top 10 which is the first time that has happened um in the super bowl era so um albrick deserves an outstanding amount of credit for how he was able to rein this all in quickly And, and this has been something that i've heard coaches and defensive coordinators talk about um when you bring in a lot of new personnel defensively some defensive coordinators that ask a lot out of different position groups and whether it's you run a lot of different looks, man, zone, press, all that sort. If you're running a lot of that, it really does take three or four weeks for things to click because you're you're trying to get better at all three things at once. And it just takes a little bit of time. And I don't know if I'm speaking out of hand. You're you're you've played safety. You know what that's like defensively. Um, but we we're sitting here and I'm like, man, I should have given this patient this a little bit more patience because we were getting Lawson back from the injury. We had two edge guys that were brought in as rookies, a couple of new guys on the interior parts of the defensive line of Solomon Thomas that has stood up as well. Recently linebackers, you know, you bring in Quan Alexander two weeks before the season starts um, defensively. You've got two brand new cornerbacks, one in playing his rookie season. Um, and then you bring in uh, basically two new safeties as well too, since Lamarcus Joyner, really played half of a game uh, last season. So all of these new pieces came together since week four. They have been absolutely fantastic. This defense has been out of its mind. It's And it's played tough offenses as well, too, at least when it comes to talent. Um, Jeff Albrecht, my coach of the year. Yeah, I love it. And, and you know, before I respond, I am just going to say I would like to pick him as well for this award. Um, I know we could talk about Mike LaFleur, but I do, I do believe, you know, from a coaching standpoint, Jeff Ulbrich has done what he needs to do to get this award. Um, and I just think, you know, kind of what you were just saying about all these new pieces that we had or that, you know, that we came in this year, we really, Jeff Ulbrich going into the season, it, it kind of just felt like, you know, clearly the Jets defense last year was terrible. And, and you know, someone's got to be to blame when that happens. Um, but, you know, anyone with a brain could kind of listen to what the coaches were saying and look at the team and think, you know, hey, well, they clearly are just rolling with kind of these young and experienced guys seeing what they have. And, you know, they didn't really try to infuse a lot of talent. From top to bottom, the way they were able to just kind of flip this roster, you know, basically having four new guys in the secondary, um, bringing in a new linebacker, bringing in a couple new defensive linemen, you know, and then to put it all together, you know, that is a feat of coaching. You know, you, you put all these good players together, but it's not like DJ Reed, you know, he was a good cornerback last year. He wasn't a top five, top 10 corner in the league. You know, it's not like Quan Alexander, who has been playing well. A lot of people kind of thought he was going to fall off, you know. So the fact that you, you, you take all these pieces who are coming together, you take young players who are making an impact quickly. Um, it Again, it speaks a lot to the coaching and the way they've been able to kind of get this unit to buy in, be all in together. And, you know, kind of, again, the defense hasn't faced a ton of injuries, 
But, you know, last week when CJ Mosley comes, goes down and Jamie and Sherwood steps right in um, and, you know, you have backups uh, in your cornerbacks and Bryce Hall and Michael Carter playing the slot and things like that, where like you just have guys you can trust. And it feels like, you know, the team is going to be able to the whole will be greater than its parts. And the parts are really fucking good, you know, like so this defense to me really is top five, if not top one defense in this league. <laughs> and, and, you know, the coach deserves a lot of credit for that. He certainly does. Yeah. And obviously the players have to respond. Go ahead. No, I was just, uh, do you have anything else to say about Albrecht? I do. If there's anything you want to say about Mike LaFleur, you know, I feel a little bad for not picking him, but I, I do kind of think he's done a great job. He's I feel like great. he's called good plays. Um, and I think like knowing, he's doing it's not like we've been like a prolific offense but we're doing the right things in the right situations and I think you know a lot of that goes to him so I just wanted to get that in there because I feel bad for not picking him yeah the reason to go with Ulbrich (laughs) is because the defensive unit is a top five unit in football after being that bad the Jets offensive unit has been um I would say average at best but because of everything that they have had to uh withstand and and preserve uh persevere through person i don't even know what i'm trying to say persevere through he does deserve a lot of credit because the offense still finds a way to put up enough points to win six games out of their nine games and um despite injuries on the offensive line losing your starting running back two of your top three receivers one by injury one by uh, you know a mess um, down a few different tackles to be able to get to this point, missing Zach for the first few weeks of the season as well, too, to be able to keep the offensive afloat. He does deserve a lot of credit, but I think Albrick is the obvious pick here since it's gone from an abysmal unit to a legit top five. You can't argue it unit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to make a point, good players can make a defense good, you know, definitely. Yeah. But like good coaching is what makes them great. Like you don't just go out there and be a shutdown defense that every single week seems to be, you know, shutting down the the opposing offense's best position and every single week kind of seems to out like, you know, overplay and play better than people expect because they really just are that dominant. So, you know, a lot of credit to the players, a lot of credit to the coaching. Definitely. Anything else with the coaches? You want to start talking? To no, I think we're ready to start talking about some players. And, and you know, I, th- I think I can take this one if you want. Go right I'm ahead. Gonna we're going to start off with Offensive Player of the Year. Teddy, take it away. Hell yeah. So this is an interesting one. You know, this offense has had a lot of ups and downs this year. You've had a few different quarterbacks out there. You had some running backs. You know, obviously for me, I'm wearing my Brees Hall jersey right now. The first name that comes to mind is Brees Hall, um, who was just such a stud when he was out there. But because of the injury, I do I did lean toward Garrett Wilson, and I will be picking Garrett Wilson mm. as the Jets Offensive Player of the Year this year. Um, and I think the reason I'm doing that is just throughout the season, when you think of the one offensive player who has been the most consistent, I think that goes to Garrett Wilson. You know, very quickly, you you kind of learn just by watching him play. He was the most talented receiver on this unit, despite guys that we liked in Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. Um, but very quickly, you know, you could just tell he was making plays. He was able to kind of break out early, which I love to see. 
Um, really kind of the worst part of his season was that three game stretch when Zach came back and three games in a row, he had two receptions, three receptions, one reception. Um, but other than that, he's had four or more receptions in every single game. Um, hasn't actually scored a touchdown since that two touchdown game in Cleveland. So I bet you some, some positive regression will be coming his way. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, eight for 92 against Buffalo six for 115 against new England. Those are teams. A lot of people didn't think we'd be able to pass well against and granted, you know, we didn't have a ton, but Garrett Wilson was able to get it done. Um, had that big game early in the year against Cleveland eight for one Oh two and two against Cincy six and 60. Like he has just been a force and it's clear that for this offensive, for our passing game to really get going, Garrett Wilson is going to have to drive that and, you know, throughout the year, I just think he's kind of deserved it as the most consistent player. Obviously, Brees went down with that injury, so he kind of loses it out there. Mm-hmm. But Garrett Wilson has been that dude. I think he's the guy we need to rely on. And, you know, as we come down the stretch here, these games are really starting to mean something. We're going to have to be looking to Garrett Wilson a lot to make plays. And I'm excited to see, you know, hopefully he can step up to the occasion. Of course. I love the pick. Anything that I have to add will come a little bit later in this show. So I'm tipping picks away. Um, right, he's, right. he's been fantastic. Um, real quick, I am going to mention Brees because I, I am not going to have Brees Hall on my awards here. And it's kind of like the same thing you were saying. You, you know, it, it almost felt like Brees Hall's ascension. You know, it, it didn't start off super hot and then it sped up like lightning and then just like that it was taken away from us so it was too much of a flash in the pan where i want to say through the first half of the season this has been the best offensive player or the best rookie he is a freak show but i think we just didn't get to see enough of him at that peak level where he deserved where some of these guys like you said through their entire time that we saw them they were playing at the level we um that that earns them this award so for offensive player of the year you're right this is the one where it's the most tricky you could you could, you can't go quarterback skill players. Like you said, I Garrett Wilson is the only other one that I would have chosen outside of my guy. I'm going to go with the guy that I just believe is the most talented offensive player. And every week that we saw him out there, he was spectacular. He is out for the rest of the season. He got banged up the same week that Brees Hall did. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker, my offensive player of the year relied upon I believe it was by the end of it, three different positions, right? Because he started at right guard, then he helped out at right tackle. And then he went to left tackle. He was phenomenal at all three. Every time you saw him out there, he was, he was the best offensive lineman for the New York jets, his ability to do it at different positions. The offensive line was not perfect to start the season. It is in a much better spot now than it was when he was needing to do all of that dancing around the offensive line. But at the very least, you knew you could rely on him to be a, a, a solid force up front. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I think Garrett is obviously the other pick here for me. I, it was between Garrett Wilson and Elijah Vera Tucker, but just want to give some love to somebody else because I do want to obviously pick Garrett Wilson with this. Yeah. There's some picks. strategy here to our of picks course. cause we're not allowed to repeat, but, but no, I don't hate the pick at all. It's terrible that he got injured. Sucks so um, much. And it, it's making me sad thinking about him and Brees and, you know, just how much better this offense could look um, with those two out there. But I think it's a good pick. I think it's good that we kind of shout out the guy because he really did deserve it, especially with the way he was, you know, doing whatever he needed to play in different positions and succeeding at everyone. That first that game when he was playing left tackle, I was like, was great. oh, my God, He's like we best. 
this guy could do it all. And we finally have a left tackle I can trust. And then, you know, yep. he goes down, but yeah, good pick. Good pick. Nice. All right, Teddy, let's, let's switch it over, over to the defense. Player. I'm assuming right. we are going to have the same person here, but if you want to well, take, I'm going to let you go first and then we'll see. Yeah. I I'm going to go Quinn and Williams uh, defensive tackle, the having goat. the breakout season, one of the top three or four defensive tackles in all of football. I think he's in that tier in that conversation. Now, I don't know how many defensive player of the weeks he's taken home so far this season. I don't have his full numbers up here, but he did have defensive player of the month in October defensive player of the month. That's what it was. So really uh, he leads the team in pressures. He leads the team in sacks. I believe he's still leading in tackles. I might be speaking out of turn with that. I think CJ Mosley still leads in tackles, oh, but maybe okay. for the D lineman. Regardless, the best defensive player for me all season has been Quinn, and this has been what we have been waiting for out of him coming as a number three, a former number three overall pick. And the conversation was, is like, let, we just got to get some guys around him to help out. And obviously a lot of that does help him, but he has taken his game to a new level to where now you're like, yep, he has answered the bell. He is what we wanted him to be when we took him at, at as high as three a few years back. Um, the... The importance of interior defensive linemen is so unique because it almost makes it makes so life so much easier on your edge rushers when guys have to double team a guy in the middle and account for a guy like Quinn and Williams. 100%. It's like the it's like the Aaron Donald effect that we've seen for the last decade now. It's like you don't have to be a fantastic edge rusher. If you're next to Aaron Donald, you're going to get good looks. And a lot of these guys are getting good looks. He's been great against the run, great against the pass. Like I was saying, those pass rush numbers are fantastic for a defensive tackle. Best player on the defense to me. Um, Quinn Williams is my pick. Yeah, I love that pick, and it's the obvious pick. I'm going to go somewhere else with my pick just because there's another guy I want to talk about a little bit. But awesome. you know, Quinn and Williams is just another example. And like this, we really picked a good year to start this Jets podcast because you know the best as Jets fans and as all fans, you know, every year you you kind of, you you build the story. You know, well, if this happens and if this and and Quinn Williams should be one of the best defensive tackles in the league. He just has to, you know, make those highlight plays and really step up and start getting the sacks, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is just another one of those examples of something this year that we just wanted so bad and has actually happened. Like, Quinn and Williams has been outstanding throughout the season, even the first three weeks. And what I love about it, and like this, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it is like – Aaron Donald, who's obviously great, still one of the best players ever. Um, but he's having a bit of a down year for his standards, you know, right? right? It's not as prolific as it's been. And what I love about that coinciding with Quinnen's breakout is the Jets fans just running around being like, yeah. we got the best defensive tackle in the league. Like that guy, that guy out in Los Angeles, he's got nothing <laughs> on Quinnen, uh, you know, which may or may not be true. But <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> I didn't say it. You right. said it. Right. I said, <laughs> but but no, he's been awesome, and and he really, you know, he's finally kind of stepping up to. Oh yeah, that's why we drafted him third, um, and he's just been awesome. I'm not gonna pick him, but he is the clear best defensive player on this team. Um, but again, you know, we got a little strategy going on here where I'm gonna go with my defensive player of the year. Maybe slight a surprise, but not really. I'm gonna go ahead and give that to DJ Reed, our other oh, quarterback outside of Sauce Gardner. Now, we still got defensive rookie of the year coming up, so maybe we'll talk about sauce later. But I do just want to give DJ Reed his flowers because the dude has been Great outstanding. Pick. And, like, 
his great season has been kind of undersold and under talked about because of sauce Gardner and how exciting he's been, but sauce Gardner has been dominant for sure. And especially of late, I think he's been the clear best corner on this team, but through even throughout that stretch. And especially at the beginning, like DJ Reed was playing better than him the first few games. And, and, you know, it's not like a big boo on sauce. It's just like DJ Reed has been balling all year. And when you look at a lot of the like advanced numbers of these guys, you know, DJ Reed and sauce Gardner are top 10 in a lot, a lot of of metrics. Like we very well may have the best cornerback duo in the league, you know, or at least a top five cornerback duo in the league just to kind of look, um, at some of, excuse me, some of, uh, his games, you know, week two against week one, zero yards allowed week two, 24 week three, 26 week four, 23, 15 worst game he had was against green Bay with 70 yards allowed every other week has been under 40 yards allowed on him. He has just been a star, been a stud, had that great freaking interception. I think like his dad died or his brother died right before the first game. He had that big play, kind of honored him there. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dude has just been a baller. And like the 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 success of this defense, you know, there's a lot of people who deserve credit, but the, the two cornerbacks in Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed were kind of the beginning of like, this is a team that you're not going to be able to just to just blow up on and, and get these big plays. And it starts with our two corners who have had tough matchups all year. You know, you think about Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, Amari Cooper. Um, who else do we got down Cincinnati. here? Jamar Chase, T Higgins, all the Steelers guys, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, you know, Green Bay doesn't really have much, but put up good game against Denver, good game against New England, another great game against uh, Buffalo this last week. So it's just like, these cornerbacks have been awesome. DJ Reed has been awesome. He deserves to kind of be talked about in, you know, one of the better players on this Jets team. And I think it's just kind of, you know, when we signed him, we thought he could be good. No one expected him to be this good. And with Sauce Gardner, he's kind of taken away from the shine. But DJ Reed has been absolutely fantastic this year. I'm glad you mentioned him. I can't believe I, I, you know, I, I obviously I went to Quinnen very quickly and easily, but DJ Reed deserves all that recognition. Um, I, I believe up to this point, and this might've changed after the bye week but I don't know if it has, but heading out of the Buffalo game and PFF, their individual player grades for cornerbacks, uh, DJ Reed was the number five cornerback in the league and our guy sauce is, is number one. So, um, I believe that tries to tell you that this is a top duo at cornerback in all of football. DJ Reed has been absolutely fantastic. And you're right. It does seem like the shine is going towards sauce just because um, he is the rookie, the fourth overall pick that arrived and immediately was this stud, but DJ Reed arriving almost toward this all pro level type season out of a cornerback. Fantastic to see. And uh, definitely, and our boy is only 25, 26 years old. Like we're going to have him for three, four years. And it's just, Shout out Joe Douglas, man. The fantastic duo. They're both super yeah. young. They're going to be around for a while. I love it. Fuck yeah. All right. Should we talk about some more rookies? Yeah, let's talk about some rookies. Uh, we can go offensive. I already kind of told um, you guys where I was going with this one, and I'm going to go Garrett Wilson. And it's all the things Teddy said. It has been um, the fact that this offense has 
increasingly needed to rely on him more and more as the year has gone on. And despite defenses knowing that he still has put out incredible production against very tough secondaries. Um, you know, Corey Davis being out. Okay. Well now we need to really rely on Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore being unavailable. Um, really not a ton of usage outside of those two guys that I just mentioned. Um, and he has gone and answered the bell and has been the reliable option for a quarterback that isn't necessarily struggling, but isn't having the best year. So to be that for this offense, to be one of the key reasons that it has stayed afloat despite all the injuries, to go along with everything you're saying, Garrett Wilson, Offensive Rookie of the Year for me, uh, pretty easy one. Um, considering yeah. I wasn't going to go, uh, I already said I wasn't going to go Brees Hall. Yeah, and and you know I obviously talked about him before, but I did. I I just rewatched the Buffalo game yesterday. I don't know if I said that already, no. but one of the things I noticed, and it, and it you know, it's not like Zach was throwing like crazy inaccurate passes, like they were fine and, and you expect your receivers to catch it. But a lot of the passes to Garrett Wilson were, you know, maybe a little bit inside or maybe a little bit behind or like something like that, where, you know, it, it took Garrett Wilson kind of just going and saying and attacking the ball and saying, I'm going to get that and making the play. You know, you think about when he fumbled after we got the big, the big, uh, you know, change of possession turnover or whatever and then Garrett Wilson's running down in the red zone and fumbles and then instantly dives on the ball like he just kind of plays with that extra intensity and there was a lot of plays that even they were just kind of simple like 10-yard comebacks things like that where it was like if that wasn't Garrett Wilson I don't know if that ball gets completed because maybe the receiver doesn't know to run inside quick and grab it or maybe he just doesn't have the focus Garrett has or things like that um so yeah this dude's been balling he deserves all the flowers um I like your pick I am going to pick Brees Hall here. Good. And, you know, it, it, we want to kind of shout out all our guys, and it sucks so much that Brees Hall got injured because he was clearly the best player on this team, you know, and, and there's a lot of good players on this team now, and it kind of makes me, like, feel bad for other players to even say that out loud. But, but Brees Hall quickly came in and kind of showed, like, hey, I'm a dude and kind of, said I know I know the league doesn't prioritize running backs but go out go out and watch me be a star and I'm going to make all these other teams in the league be like man I wish I I thought about drafting Brees Hall and trading up for Brees Hall when he was right there um so yeah I'm going to go with Brees he's just was so fantastic we've talked about it a ton all you Jets fans out there know about it um we don't have to spend a ton of time on him because obviously he's he's done for the year and not a part of this team anymore but but the dude just absolutely is a baller um, you know, hopefully comes back from this ACL injury and is kind of good to go and ready to roll for next year. But he deserves all the credit in the world. I mean, we we won games just on his back, just yeah. running it, running it, running it and his big playability. And, you know, he was just awesome. God, man, I'm so sad. It's a bummer. And he also just crippled most of your fantasy seasons, like yep. just absolutely yep. just tanked them. So it's a it's a tough loss for you. I understand how it difficult that is. Loss. Literally all my leagues like not all of them but all the ones that matter four of six it's hard it's rough it's tough and i had just like i literally i was in the city this weekend i was talking to some jets fan and i was like yeah like i bought i bought a Brees hall jersey and then that next week he got hurt and the guy was like it was your fault like you did yep. i was like you did do it oh you, you bought it just all sucks. the way in it sucks i really did and i was i was really excited but i i you know I believe it was the type of injury where there wasn't a lot of whole other stuff going on. It was mostly just his ACL. 
And that is an injury guys can kind of rebound from. And sometimes, you know, they say your ACL is even stronger after a surgery. So I'm hoping we can just, you know, move on and, and he'll be, he'll be with us for the next three or four years, just balling out. Yep. Exciting times ahead for Brees Hall and the run game for this Jets offense. He deserves, he deserves that recognition, obviously. Yeah. And Blake and I were trying to think, so what, what other offensive rookies do we even have to choose from? Like Max Mitchell, right? Yep. Who got injured? Who was a who? Who shout out him? You know he played held his he own. Played better at, than expected. Right tackle, definitely. Were there any other offensive rookies? I mean, if you wanted to go, Jeremy Ruckert. Jeremy Rucker. Well, he definitely does not deserve to win, but that's okay. We kind of expected that with our other two tight ends. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, only one award left out to give. How are you feeling? I feel pretty easy with this one. Defensive yeah. rookie of the year. Defensive rookie of the year. I wonder who we're gonna pick. Yeah. So both have this guy available. So I'm gonna run through a few numbers and then you can talk about how much you love him. All right, all right, all right. In man coverage this year has allowed the fewest passing yards, yards per reception, and yards per target in man coverage this year. Since week four, in man coverage snaps, he has allowed three catches for two yards in 81 snaps. That is fucking ridiculous. That is lockdown. That is top cornerback in football type shit. I already told you PFF after that Bills game had him as the number one corner in all of football. Um, he is as good as you could have imagined. And yep. um, and to have the duo with him and Reed, it's, it's the best. Talk about how much you love him. Yeah, dude, I fucking love him. And it's been everything, everything we could have hoped for. I mean, when you take no matter where you pick someone you're nervous about how they're going to perform, you know, and especially when you take a guy top 10, you're, you know, the success rate isn't high, even in the top 10. And you just think about what you kind of hope for from this player. And he's really delivered all that and more. Um, one of the things I love about sauce is his ability to kind of like avoid um, penalties. You know, there's a lot of times where, you know, even if he is a little out of phase, has to make up a little bit of, uh, of ground as the ball's coming in. He still has that awareness to kind of follow the defender's hands, not overextend himself and knock the guy over. Um, really has good timing with the ball. And, you know, like like Robert Salas said the other day, when, when he's saying the next part of his game he really has to get to is starting to come down with these takeaways and interceptions and really just getting people to not even look his way. And, you know, he had that interception in the Miami game, had the interception against Josh Allen in the Bills game. Um, You know, those are two big moments, and he's stepping up and making huge plays that completely change a game. And, you know, that's something we've been missing as as a Jets team this past few years is the ability to really get takeaways. Now we're one of the top defenses in the league in takeaways. Um, He's been awesome. I think he's going to continue to get more and more interceptions in the short term but I really do think he's just going to be one of those guys that quarterbacks are not going to want to throw to and you're just not going to hear a ton about him because of how great he is um and yeah it's another guy where just like everything we could have hoped for worked out and I'm just excited to to it feels like we have Revis again you know it really does it feels like we just have a guy who we're going to be able to trust to just completely lock down a side of the field which is awesome and he's delivered every expectation that was the story in college they just quarterbacks didn't throw at him and and he's kind of continued that trend into the pros and and turned and has been a key part of this defense turning from worst in the league to a top five unit um man 
lot of lot of lot of players that deserve a ton of credit this year, Teddy. Yeah, um, that was fun, man. Like like the fact I I feel like we did we this is our first Jets podcast though. I feel like we've like talked about the Jets before, um, and tried to give awards and like just like it was just tough. I mean, maybe it was even just during the off off season, um, but we might have done something like that. Yeah, early but on. it's just you you know you didn't expect it just feels like a lot's going right for this team. I mean, you think about, we had those four picks in the top 35 with Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, uh, sauce Gardner and Jermaine Johnson. And, you know, we've had some injuries, but really all four of those guys seem to be playing great. And it's like, yeah. then you have the the free agents who are playing well and you have the, it's, it's just, things are going well for this Jets team. And it's fucking awesome to, it's to, the best to just sit here and appreciate. Now, Teddy, Hopefully, all of these talented players can then turn their attention this week to the New England Patriots. My... <laughs> we have got, <laughs> heading up to New England, we've got the Patriots and the Jets. The Jets are coming into this. Both teams off of their bye. Um, if there's one thing we've known for the last two decades, Bill Belichick, pretty good off of a bye. But we can also say this hasn't been a, a Bill Belichick-type season. Um, obviously they had, um, a very solid defensive game plan against the jets a few weeks ago. Um, but I think we also got the impression it's coming away from that game that turnovers considered, and, you know, you take away some of those plays where you get a pick six, but there's a penalty defensively that should have been, um, a jets win, but there's still this overarching two decade long of like the Patriots just own the jets. This time they're heading into New England. Both of these teams hate each other. Let's get a quick vibe check. How do you feel? Yeah, this this is a – it's like I, I want to try and explain the way that I feel because it's <laughs> such an interesting, like, like spot to be in. And you kind of look at the way this Jets season has gone and, you know, obviously every week you want them to win. And at the beginning, you know, we're one and two – but then we really just started kind of winning these games, beating teams you didn't expect to beat, and it, and it really kind of just it kind of felt like we were playing with house money. It was like, oh, well, I hope we can keep winning, but you know, it's all right if we lose. It's not going to be the end of the world. That first Patriots game was the first game where I was really like, man, do I want this one? You know, like this this means everything because to me, you know, we've lost thirteen games in a row against the Patriots. Thirteen games in a row. And we've talked a lot this season about the different milestones that we've broken and beating the Patriots is one is really the only remaining one. You think about it. It's funny to me that, that we were able to kind of prove that we can play with Buffalo, prove that we can beat Buffalo. And then we still have to kind of wait and see if we can get over this Patriots hump. Now, if the jets go out and lose this week, do I think that, you know, it's the end of the world and it ruins the season. No, but it most certainly makes it a, a heck of a lot more difficult because you're allowing the Patriots to have that two game advantage on you. Every team in this division, you know, basically has the same number of wins with the Patriots at five, the other three at six uh, dolphins are at seven now, but um, it's just like, it's interesting, you know, because it, it, it's like, I feel very confident in this jets team. 
And I do, I think they're a better team than the Patriots, but you take, you know, Bill Belichick, that defense where we still have a young quarterback and it's still just like a hump that we've yet to see the Jets overcome. So I still feel like I have that like barrier of like, you know, we just kind of got to wait and wait and see. So, you know, before I go any further, I mean, what do you think about this game? (laughs) The Jets should have beaten the Patriots a few weeks back. And for the teams that we've seen the Jets take down, you're like, how how did they not get past the Patriots? And obviously it comes down to the turnovers. It comes down to Zach Wilson's play. They needed him to step up. But at the same time, you're like, well, that was the team's first week kind of figuring itself out after losing two of its most valuable players. The two guys that you picked as your rookie of the year, I picked as my offensive player of the year in Elijah Bear Tucker. They are figuring all that out at the same time while dealing with Elijah Moore, not wanting to play football for the Jets anymore. That was a headache of a week. It it was just a flat out unfortunate timing where you're prepping up for this divisional rival and you're you're also trying to readapt and, and adjust what your team is offensively. I believe going into this game. And it's same with the a few weeks ago. The Jets are the more talented team. If you give me both depth charts and you take a look at skill players, defense, um, I, I do believe that the Jets have a more talented roster. Where it just comes down to is, unfortunately, again, do the Jets need to be in a situation where Zach Wilson needs to win them the game? And if that is the case, can Zach Wilson do enough? Or does he fall into the same trap where, you know, the numbers going up against the Patriots aren't pretty, you know, we've got a a 2.25 game sample now, or is it 3.25? He's no, we, we have 2.25. This will be the third because that other one, he threw 10 passes and got knocked out of the rest of the game. So we really have only seen two full games of Zach Wilson. And and we have seven turnovers in those two games, seven interceptions. interceptions. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not great. No. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But I'm, I'm glad that we're getting all that out there. Because, you know, I really am at at the point and, you know, maybe this high off this Bills game, but I'm really at the point where it's like there is no reason the Jets cannot play with every single team in this league. And you look back at the Patriots game two weeks ago, they put up 22 points on us and, you know, every single one of Zach Wilson's interceptions, maybe one of them, you know, I can't remember them all so clearly, maybe one of them wasn't like just a completely terrible decision but basically all three if not two of the three were just like mistakes that you could have easily avoided you know it's not like it was just kind of like in the play good plays whatever it was just he's just throwing it up there for no reason just because he's trying to make something happen I do think that losing Brees Hall the direct week before you know they were definitely throwing more than I think they needed to I'm happy we've had James Robinson here for a few weeks. We're coming off the bye week. He's going to feel more comfortable. you got Michael Carter still who, you know, you've shown you can rely on, you can trust. He's been awesome. I, I'm, I'm 13 games in a row. I don't care. I do not care. I am fully, fully ready for the Jets to kind of bury all the doubters, the same old jets. The narrative's completely over. This is the last milestone they need to kind of overcome. The jets are going to go out. They're going to dominate this game. They're not going to let the Patriots do anything defensive or offensively. And, you know, from a jets offensive perspective, 
all Zach Wilson has to go out there and do is do, you know, what he's shown he can do in basically every other game that wasn't the Patriots game. And it's not turn the ball over and just run the offense. You know, Zach Wilson's yet to have that game where he's the reason we win. But in a lot of these games, his ability to just make the throws we need him to make has been enough, you know, yeah. and, and his ability to just not turn the ball over has been enough. And this this Patriots defense or offense is nothing to be scared of. I mean, Ramondre's great, sure. They don't have a great passing game. They don't have like a prolific offensive line. It's not like they're like a team to be scared of. Mac Jones Mac, sucks dick. He sucks. <laughs> We're going so, the same place. Like I'm I'm bought in. I mean, the Jets, there's no reason that the Jets should not just go in. And I mean, this should be a statement. This should be the game of we're better than you. We're going to prove it. We've shown we can be every team in the division and, you know, let's roll. And let's really like, when you look at this Jets team and you look at this Jets schedule, there's absolutely no reason we shouldn't at least make a fucking play for the number one fucking seed or number one in our division, you know, in the AFC East. Like, there's no reason. Sure, the Bills, they can win out. They're really good. Sure, the Dolphins are really good. You know, maybe they won't. But there's no reason we can't be right in that battle. And I think getting this game, avoiding going 0-2 against the Patriots, that would just be a huge stepping stone. And there's really no reason they shouldn't other than just the mental block of it's the Patriots, it's Bill Belichick. Can Mike LaFleur and Zach Wilson overcome that? We'll have to wait and see, but I really think it's on. I do too. I do too, Teddy. I think this is the week that the Jets get the monkey off their back, that they go into New England, and it's going to be cool to go into New England and do that. Um, And I think we're both predicting a Jets win here. You know what's great, Teddy? Vegas is also on our side. Um, Or maybe the Sharps are are on our side. The Sharps are on our side. No, yeah, I was going to say, we we opened as a five and a half point favorite. And then when I checked last week, it was four and a half. It is all the way down to three right now. So it is Jets three, which which is just, you're considering just a net neutral on an even playing field there. So they're saying at the very least that the Jets are going to go in there and make some noise in New England. Um, yeah, opened at five and a half. The total is always so these, these totals this year are just so funny because apparently no one can score offense anymore. The total's still at a 39 and a half or a 38, and a half, which is just absolutely hilarious to see just a total of below 40, but that's what these teams are. They, they are defensive no, teams with offenses that just need to get by. You're exactly right about the new England Patriots defensively. They're good. They they and it's a lot of mental. It's a lot of disguising. It's a lot of Bill Belichick knowing which um, buttons to push at different times throughout the game, and it makes life very confusing for just about every young quarterback in football. Um, their offense is so bad. Mac Jones has completely uh, you know fallen from what he was able to accomplish last year. Whether that be going from Josh McDaniels to Matt Patricia, which probably has a lot to do with it. I would think defensive minded head coach, Matt Patricia. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's a huge drop off. The offensive line has taken a little bit of a step back and and they still have no wide receivers or tight ends that really scare you. Like you mentioned, the only scary offensive skill players, Ramondre Stevenson, who is, and if they did, would you be scared? No, because we have awesome cornerbacks. Yeah, exactly. We've gone up against <laughs> the Jets have gone up against almost every talented wide receiver um and have handled it with just about ease. Um so yes, Teddy, I do believe that this is the week that the Jets go in, get past New England and it's like, okay, the Jets are legitimately here. This is a team that can contend for the playoffs that is in this position already and has a light second half of the schedule. We're officially almost at that part, Teddy, where it's like 
And obviously, we, we every week, you know, you don't want to take these games for granted. Um, but, you know, you've got Detroit, you've got Jacksonville, you've got Chicago, you've got these teams where you're just like, I'm not that terrified of, of the Jets getting into the double digit wins this season anymore. Like that is that that's a realistic goal. And it's something that the Jets should have their eyes focused on as we finish up the season here. Yeah, 100 percent. And I think that's why a game like this matters so much is is when you really look at the schedule and, and you know, I hate doing this. I hate picking out, oh, these are good teams. These are bad teams. Oh, well, yeah. If if you looked at it from that perspective, it's like, sure, okay, maybe this New England game you're scared of. Minnesota's seven and two. You got Buffalo eight again. And, and then you got Miami at the end, eight and one. Excuse me, I forgot they beat the Bills. Um, God, that was sick. <laughs> but but it's, I mean, right there. So it's like, okay, steal this one, you know, and then steal another one. And all of a sudden, if the Jets finish out this, you know, eight game stretch, six and two, and we end the season 12 and five or, or five and five and three, and we end the season 11 and six, like that's a hell of a season. And there's just no reason the Jets shouldn't go and do that. You know, like I'm really at the point. It's funny because I'm at the point where I feel very confident in saying this is a playoff team, but in that you feel, okay, now the pressure's on. Like now it's like, all right, training wheels are off. We kind of were playing with house money for a while. Now we're six and three. We just beat the bills, especially if we go in and beat the Patriots and are sitting there at seven and three, it's like, all right, there's no reason that you shouldn't be a playoff team. And the pressure's on for you to just keep winning and winning and winning. And, you know, there's a world where the jets get the one seed in this division. There really is. And, you know, it sucks that this division seems to be like one of the best in football and every team is good, but there is a world where the Jets can win this division. Seven and three with wins over at that point, saying the Patriots, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Packers. Uh, I mean, Broncos, they're they're a mess. But, you know, we thought the Broncos were a lot different heading into the season. It's it's just fantastic. It's all you could ask for, really, um, from a Fuck Jets man. perspective. Uh, do you, you have a final score? Sc- yeah, I was oh. going to say, you got a final score prediction? Yeah, I mean, you know, it feels like 20 to 17 again. Um, I think... I'm really, I mean, from a, I like to pick with my heart, you know, I'd really like Zach Wilson to like throw two touchdowns in this game. You know, I, it, it would just feel a little bit better of a win, you know, cause if we win same way, we've been winning great defense offense, doing enough Zach Wilson, you know, last week he had like 70% completions, no mistakes, really. That's awesome to see. I'm fine with that. But if Zach Wilson can kind of come out and make a couple big plays, you know, throw two touchdowns, I'd love to see like a little, little 31 17 action here on this game. So that's where I'm going. I, I really do. I, I, this is an opportunity for the jets to go and, and show up and say, listen, we're better than you. And I, and I hope they can do it. I'm going 31 17 New York jets. I like it. I am going to go 24 to 13, 24, 13 defense, just picking double digit wins. Defense just clamps down. Really, if you take away the turnovers and the bad field position that the defense was put in, the Patriots shouldn't have gotten close to 22 points. That's what the I'm Jets saying. Defense shut the them the turnovers fuck down. change the game. They really do. They like, always it completely do. changes yeah. the game. It really does. And especially when they're just unneeded and 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 Ooh. avoidable. You know, like that- you can completely remove those from your game without any skill, just a little bit of brain. See, yeah. So for instance, the, the New England Patriots point total right now is 20 and a half. Why should it be that high? They got 22 in a game where there were 
three turnovers and you know a drive where they kicked a field goal where it should have been a pick six if not for a, a dumb penalty so it's like why are we setting that total at 20 and a half they're not they shouldn't be able to sniff the 20s just because of how bad their offense has been and how good the jets defense is yeah i i think i think despite this jets year i think most people still view the jets as like the same old jets i think the fact that they had you know, the loss to New England where Zach Wilson has those three terrible plays and, and three big mistakes. I think that kind of just let everyone go, okay, yeah, so the Jets got some wins, but they're not they're not really real, you know. But you look at that game, okay, it was 22 to 17, and we had all those three plays. Two years ago, if that same thing happened, we would have lost 50 to nothing, you know. And, and so yeah. it's like this team, even in that example, it just shows you how good this team is and what they can do and so if we just get you know a little more self-control from Zach what he's able to show last week Zach really did have his best game you know obviously not in like a prolific way but had his highest completion percentage ever um I think highest quarterback rating or maybe passer rating ever something like that like it he's just got to do you know start start right right at average you know start on that line you don't have to play above. We all want you to. We're all rooting for you. We want to see that. But right now, you know, just stay on that average line. Start there. Don't go crazy. Don't try to make crazy plays. And I, and there's no reason I don't think we should be able to win this game. Exactly. Stupid I like that we Bill both Belichick. Went. Stupid Bill Belichick. We're going to bury him. We're going to yeah. bury him this week. Robert Sala runs this division now. I would love that. I would love I I will, like, probably be unbearable if we beat them. Like, I'm going to start. Just yeah, I feel I feel bad. I feel tradition. bad for for Scott for any of our Patriot fan friends that we. I have. know, and that's I mean, Patriots fans have had something over me for so many years. Like if if in, in a this, laughable um, way, in a laughable right. way, and if in this just like fairy tale of a Jets season, the Patriots still get two wins against us, like so. that will just be so frustrating, you know. And it, it's like I said, it's like <laughs> we lose this game. Do I think the the playoff chances are over? No. Do I even think that the chances of winning the division are over? No. But it's just like it's a heck of a lot harder. And it's just that mental like, all right, now we got to wait till next year to beat the Patriots, you know, unless you see them in the playoffs or something funky like that. So this is one I really want. It feels like there's a lot of pressure. And I, and I hope this Jets team can just kind of do what they did last week and, and show up. Would be absolutely fantastic. Fuck, man. Let's get this it. really. This has been the funnest year of my life. Really has. Peaking at 25. At least from a football perspective, it really yeah, has. Definitely. How could it not be? Compared to everything you've had to deal with before, nothing. Yeah, since 2010. Yeah, exactly. Literally. And oh man, good times, man, Teddy. Man. All right. Well, anything else about this game? I think we we've said it all. I think we both feel the same way and both went double digit victories over I know. the New England Who do we Patriots. Think we are That's crazy. Double digit victories. Crazy. Yeah, that's fucking sick. That's I I I I was thinking about this a lot, man, and I'm just I'm I'm I think I've said it every week like that I'm here, but like I'm just I'm there. Like this Jets this Jets team is so legit to me and as the defense is what really starts it all and drives it all. Like I really just have nothing to be afraid of when it comes to our defense. So hopefully we keep rolling. Keep rolling. And we will keep rolling as well too. We will see you guys all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chasing 69 on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing 69. Same with the YouTube, Teddy at Teddy Huncho. I am at Spring Blake. Put four A's in that name, bitch. (laughs) Um, Thank you, guys. There's there's some wordplay there. Four A's. 
four eyes i don't know we'll, we'll think of it we'll, for next we'll week. get there we'll get yeah. there thank you guys so much for listening best of luck this week against the new england patriots we'll hopefully be talking to you uh, with another victory tuesday when we record wednesday when it comes out next week thank you guys and we'll talk to you soon peace